This is Betty Collins, and we are Inspiring Women, presented by Bradyware. This is the podcast that advances women towards economic, social, and political achievement. I am here to inspire you to take steps to the next level in your career. Thanks for listening and investing your time in yourself. More about Inspiring Women in this episode can be found at bradyware.com slash resources. Today, this podcast is about going to the next level in your business. There's, we could go on and on about going to the next level in your professional life or in your career, in your company, in, in your personal life. But today I want to talk really about the business. It's your business. It's a woman-owned business, and we're going to focus on that. For part of the uh, podcast, I'm going to interview Catherine Lane Klein. She's with Portfolio Creative, and she has a great story. And the reason I chose her is just encouragement. Um, she's done an amazing job, and it looks easy from the outside, but she's been through anything probably that you have been through. I have known her through uh, being involved with the National Association of Women Business Owners, the NABO Columbus Chapter. And I had the privilege of serving with her on the board, watching her leadership. It's no wonder she's had success. Um, And she's very known in Central Ohio area due to that success, but also just her involvement within the community. I chose the topic today because women are starting businesses at a rapid pace. Here's some numbers, and this is from the Women's Business um, Enterprise National Council. So they're pretty accurate, and it was done in 2018, so it probably hasn't changed tremendously. But... As of 2018, there are 12.3 million known businesses. Uh, when you look at back in 1972 when they started tracking this stuff, there was 402,000 businesses. So we go, okay, yay, you know, we've done some, we've done some good things. Here's a statistic that's great. Women own four out of every 10 businesses in the U.S. That's pretty significant. Considering in 1988, you couldn't even get your own financing. There was law that finally went into place for that if you were a business owner. Um, Since 2007, the number of women-owned businesses have increased 58%, which is better than businesses overall. So again, we're going kind of at this rapid pace. Last year, 1,821 businesses started a day every day, and they were started by women. That's pretty significant. Sounds really great. Sounds really cool. And women are slightly more likely to start a business than men. Um, so why is that? I, I don't know the, the reasoning behind that, but women have that interest. They have that drive. Women-owned businesses employ 9.2 million people. That is just only, though, 8% of the private sector, but that's a lot of people. And women-owned businesses generate $1.8 trillion in revenue, which is about 4.3% of the revenue out there. And the last one is that's really cool. From 2007 up to 2018, total employment by women-owned businesses rose 21%. So obviously we are making some bold moves, some big moves in the marketplace that are, are changing the marketplace. And I always say when the marketplace works, the country works because, because households have provision, Right. So it's just a huge, huge thing, and and part of what I like to do in the business world is utilize accounting. Being a CPA is the venue for me to to be part of that success. And as much as all of these things sound really awesome, women struggle in business, and that's just a reality. 88% of women-owned businesses generate less than $100,000 in revenue. 
there could be a lot of things behind that number. So you don't want to, you know, big doesn't mean better. It could be what they do. It could be that they're a sole proprietor. Maybe they just got started. You know, when you're a consultant, you can only consult so many dollars when you're the actual, like an executive coach. There's only so much till you get to that. Um, but this group is growing and it continues. Their their revenues are growing. They have a little bit of struggle. struggle. And then 1.7% of women-owned businesses, though, do generate a million dollars in revenue or more. People think, some people think a million dollars is a lot. Some people think a million dollars is nothing when, when you have that revenue. And those continue to increase, but women struggle getting to that 100,000, then a half a million, then over a million. And I don't know if it's just all of a sudden you're over a million, your mindset's different and everything swoosh and it just goes happily down the road. But uh, they struggle and it's not easy being an entrepreneur, whether you are a man or a woman. What are the barriers that most women, um, you know, feel like are there? I'm going to say business in general, I think, but of getting to that next level. Um, a lot of times you are this original and you have an idea and you're different and you're passionate and you might want to do things. I mean, I'm considered an, a unique CPA because I'm, I'm fairly personable. And, and as long as I keep that personal side of Betty Collins, I'm a different CPA. I'm still this original over here. But a lot of times we become copies and we think we need to transform and be the norm. And a lot of times that takes away from who we are. Capital. Um, less than 3% of venture capital goes to women-owned businesses. Um, I'm trying to ask a different question as to why that is, because we know it's true, but we just don't really know the why so we can get to the problem of, of how to solve it. Um, more women use credit cards for capital. Oh, your banker would have a whole conversation about that where you really should be using a bank and have a relationship with a banker that can give you the right capital. And, and a lot of times you'd use that, the wrong startup money, and then you're in a credit crisis. Uh, being taken serious. That's a huge thing for women. I do tell women, if you want to be not looked as like a clown, then quit going to the, quit going to the circus. So you, if you want to be taken serious, I mean, I think of Lady Gaga. I will admit this out loud that I went to see the star is born and thought, man, this singer is amazing. <laughs> and I didn't realize till the end when they were doing the credits that it was Lady Gaga. Right. So, and she talks about, I wish I was taken more seriously. She's a talented amazing singer. I mean, she can do all kinds of it, right? So we have to, you have to sometimes maybe be different to be taken serious, but that's a barrier. Um, owning your accomplishments. Men will own them all day long. But women, they don't do that as much. Oh, well, you know, we, it was a group effort and, and all that kind of stuff. I do the same type of thing. But if, if you're going to sell yourself and, and you're going to sell that idea and, and that stuff to venture capitalists, you own what you have created. We don't do that well. Building a supportive network. Generally, if you have a bad advisor, you just didn't know what advisor you probably needed. So a lot of times you've got to have the right supportive network around you beyond the banker and even the insurance. You know, it's why I have a supportive network like NABO or that I give to an organization like the WSBA because when you build those networks, they definitely work for everyone that's involved. And then balancing personal and professional life, that's a burial not just for moms. That should be a barrier for parents. That should be a burial for everybody trying to get that stuff working out. And you will never have um, the perfect balance, and it's a myth. You just won't. So you have to decide which is more important and how you want it to go. And then, and then the last barrier that I, that I think that's out there is just fear. 
you know, nobody wants to fail and there's a lot of risk in being an entrepreneur. And, and so women really have a more of an issue with fear. I think men ignore fear maybe, <laughs> I don't know. or they just don't let you know it's there. So let me ask you this question before we, before we kind of talk with um, Catherine, what, where are you in the mix for owning a business? Maybe you have the idea or maybe there's a passion or maybe that idea is now on paper and it could become real. Or maybe the startup has actually started and you're going, what was I thinking? Maybe you've made it through two or three years and you're going, wow, is there ever going to be light at the end of the tunnel? There will be. Um, you might be at the stage where I want this to be worth it. You know, I can tell you right now one reason I'm a business owner because I have a piece of stock and one day I will sell that stock. It has to be worth something, right? Um, I'm not going to do all this uh, for nothing. Maybe you think bigger is better. There has to be more. More is always better. And then you're finding out we grew it too fast. We are too big and we've lost our identities. Maybe legacy is becoming a familiar word. It's kind of a scary word, but for me, I really hope legacy is not something I run from, but maybe you're in that stage of, I want another generation to do this, or hopefully what I did had some impact. Or maybe you're just ready to sell. It's time to go to the beach. It's time to get those premium dollars. So you might be anywhere in this mix and you may need to go to different levels. Um, but it all is still, I think, the same principles of getting to that next level. You also have to ask yourself what keeps you up at night. Then you'll know why you're not getting to the next level. Um, that's as an advisor, I probably try to apply that to my business owners the most. What keeps you up at night? You know, it could be that you don't have any talent to hire. It could be that your line of credit has to renew again and, <laughs> and you're going, will it renew? And payroll needs to be met again. It's already Friday and it's two weeks ago. And um, maybe your business partner who you thought you could do and be in business with forever, uh, their personal life is completely out of control. Guess what? You're married when that's your partner. So, you know, these are things that keep you up. Maybe bad advisors and now you realize you have them. Uh, you're not keeping up with competition. I had an interesting conversation with someone the other day who's just been around forever doing something. And, sh and she said to me, I'm behind. I didn't do what I needed to. And now I'm trying to catch up. Or maybe there's just not capital available for what you do and you're kind of tied. So these are things that, where are you in business? And what are the things that keep you up at night? Probably you're not alone if you start talking to other businesses around you. So the business community and the importance of the marketplace is too crucial to let those things get you down. They're too, you're too crucial to, hey, go to that next level so it plays an important part in our, in our marketplace and for those around you. So someone who has done this with just ease <laughs> is Catherine Lane Klein, and she is the owner of Portfolio uh, Creative. Um, she's really admired in our community and respected because her leadership skills, she does make it look easy, but she hasn't always been that. So I welcome you to the podcast today. I'm Thank glad you. that you are with us. I'm very excited to be here. Yes. You said yes immediately. So I was great, <laughs> grateful for that, but I'd like to start with talking about your company today. So give my audience an over overview of here we are now. Okay. Um, well, Portfolio Creative has been around for about 14 years now, okay. and we do staffing and recruiting for anything in the advertising and marketing field. Um, in a good year, we can have as much as $9 million in revenue. On average, we're like around six. Um, and essentially, we just work in the Columbus region, and yeah. we are now starting to push out to Cleveland and Cincinnati. Um, we do have some placements in um, Pittsburgh, and we have worked in New York. It's essentially, if people call us 
um, we'll try and find them someone. And sometimes people that we used to work with move to those places and ask if we could still do it in, in that area. So that kind of has helped us grow as well. Oh, that's great. How many employees do you have today? Just approximately. Right now we have about 10 and that includes myself and my business owner. Um, the people that we place that ranges by season. So that yeah. could be anywhere from like 60 to hundred people. Okay. So back when you were ready to start this, talk about your idea in that glass of wine. Tell us about <laughs> that moment. I don't remember necessarily wine being involved, okay. <laughs> but I can tell you how it did start. Okay. Um, essentially, both um, Kristen Harris, my business, business partner, and I um, worked for the limited brands. Um, okay. we, so we had been in marketing and advertising for years and years. Um, she mostly works with corporate America, and I kind of jumped between corporate and freelance. So I knew exactly what it was like to kind of be on my own and sure. um, how to build properly and find work at the same time. And um, at that time, I was freelancing for her. Our paths had crossed again, and this time I was working with her as, as you know, kind of her contract employee. And she um, came up to me and asked that she said, you know, I spent half my time looking for great creative talent. And if there was only a service that I could farm this out to, that would be great. And then maybe like the next day she came back and said, <laughs> now, would you use a company like this if, if you know, you were looking for freelance work? And I was like, absolutely. I, when I lived in Chicago, um, I worked for companies like that all the time. You know, yeah. I would let them know when I was available. They would find me work. I'd find work on my own. And it was really, really great way to kind of backfill your, your pipeline. Sure. Um, so she was like, great, you know how to do this. So I would love to have a partner to try this. So essentially we found this book that was called six weeks till startup. It was really more, um, and I cannot remember the author, but it's on Amazon and it's essentially a workbook that you fill out. And it took us more like six months to start up because we were both working at the same time. And we also had to decide, well, when are we going to pull the trigger on this. Um, so we picked January 1st of 2005. So our, as an accountant, you'll appreciate that our books are always, you know, based on yes. the calendar versus fiscal year. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but that worked out well for us because, you know, yeah. we're designers, you know, we had not um, worked in a business, but the reason I mentioned where we both worked from, it was that it was a great um, place to learn about business. Yeah. And when people talk about starting a, their own business, I'm like, where have you worked before? Because you can, teach yourself on someone else's dime for the most part, how to run a business anyway. Um, so we went through this workbook, which essentially went through the process of setting up a business. And I would really recommend it to anybody, especially if they have a business partner to kind of make sure that you're on the same page, because we have been incredibly lucky that 14 years later, we still get along fantastic. And some of that formula is, Everything that I wanted to do, she did not want to do. And everything that she wanted to do, I did not want to Perfect. do. Which worked out really great. So it wasn't everybody was doing sales or everybody was, yeah. you, know, you know, trying to place talent. I love the sales. She loved finding the talent. And we both stayed in our lane. And actually going through the workbook, that really helped too, because it took you step by step as far as um, what would your mission be for this company? You know, sure. What do you value? How do you vision the company? And you can run into a partner that, and there's nothing wrong with either scenario, that one wants, to, anytime there's money being made, they want to reinvest in the business, they want to hire more people, yeah. and another one wants to buy a boat. Yeah. And if you are that, <laughs> that skewed in where you would like the business to go, then yeah, it's time to have a conversation and maybe it's not a good partnership. Yeah. Um, people also start their businesses with their very best friend. Mm. I always like to joke that Chris and I are not friends. Um, <laughs> we are business partners. Dude, that's a different um, thing. That's and good. Um, while we would probably do very fine out socially, but we very rarely socialize. And we really did yeah. not know each other beyond our um, work experience and ethics that 
that we found each other and said, you know what, uh, Kristen's always been a hard worker. And I, I think mm. she w- would be a great business partner. And she thought the same of me. So that's how we kind of started. Okay. Um, and then everything <clears throat> else just came like, well, what do you have? Well, I have a computer yeah. and you have yeah. a printer and a fax machine because right. back then we needed a fax machine. And right. <laughs> do we have those now? I don't know if we have those I, now. We don't anymore. <laughs> Don't need them. Well, it, I mean, what I do like you hearing it, it saying is, so when we're talking about the mix of people that are listening to the audience today, there was some thought before you opened doors. A lot, there was a, of, a you lot know, of thought. A lot of planning. So you knew, you know, I, I guess you could call it marriage counseling. You still might have a divorce. But, <laughs> yeah, you know, exactly. you, but or truly. Or pre or yeah. whatever. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> was but, like a good marriage. <laughs> right. But you knew, but you had really thought through some good things. Yes. So, yes. so the idea becoming reality was there was a lot of discussion. It wasn't just, here's my shingle, let's go. Right, okay. right. And, of course, at that time, because you talked a little bit about, you know, funding and things like that. Yeah. Um, a lot of it was all, it was all bootstrapped. I mean, yeah. Kristen had some money, some cash to start. I was still working part of the time, you know, we yeah. were finding talent to place. And in some instances I would say, well, if I can't find you the perfect person, um, it'll be me. Yeah. <laughs> I will come out and do it. Right. And there was at least twice that I had to go and do that where, you know, our sure. database was not that deep. So, um, and I wanted everyone to have the perfect person to do it. Yeah. And in some cases, these were my past clients. So I felt just, I had to kind of handhold it through until I find someone as good as me or better to take the job on. Well, when did you realize that, wow, so we talked it through, we started, because some people think, oh, I've created my LLC with the state of Ohio, everything's Uh ready to go, (laughs) just not how it works. At what point did you decide, I mean, we have the idea, we've started up, and this is great, we're off and going, but when did you decide let's make this worth our time. Mm-hmm. You know, when did you see, maybe give us a, a time period, how events fell out? How, when did it become like, we're going to make this worth our time? Um, well, I don't know how realistic this is for everyone, but for us, we decided that after six months, if we could not pay ourselves, we were just going to get a job. Okay. Um, we had a lot of networking experience at that point, so sure. we could figure we could get a job anywhere, I suppose, at that point. But that was the the first finish line we had to cross before we knew this was a real business and six months came along and we could. So we're like, okay, I guess we're doing this. Um, after that point, that's when we realized, you know, we're going to have to start, um, being a little more brave and getting larger clients and can really connect to the people that we know that were in those that we used to work with that were now in those companies and, and find our champions. And, um, just kind of went after it and said, you know, I'm asking you, based on how you know me and how I work and what I can produce, could you take a chance on this? And we had a number of people that just essentially just walked us right into HR or right to the diversity person and got us signed up. So your mindset changed pretty quickly into this. Yeah, once we realized, because we thought if we paid ourselves, um, people were buying it, you know? Right, you got Kool-Aid and they're drinking it. Yeah, exactly. Um, So we felt a lot more confident and that's like, okay, let's just keep this momentum going. And it was just a while, just the two of us, um, until we started, you know, having a little more success, a little more work, and then we started, you know, hiring interns and part-time people to kind of help with things. So when you started expanding and you started getting to, hey, now I've got a payroll to meet mm-hmm. and I, or I've got maybe I've got some volunteer interns. This is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and then, but, but what was the hardest transition about, man, it was just Kristen and I, we could do these things. Mm-hmm. Now I've got an office full of people. What, right. cha- what were those challenges for you? Um, one of the larger challenges was delegation. 
I will mm-hmm. say that because um, who else is going to do it better than me? Right, right, right. <laughs> and, I am. <laughs> and I loved, for example, this is always one of my favorite stories. I love keeping the books. There's nothing more fun than, you know, when the checks come in and you get to add them yeah. up and run them to the bank and things like that. And um, I, it got to the point where it's like, well, I could probably delegate that. You know, yeah. um, someone had said to me early on, Catherine, you need to focus on the things that only you can do. Yeah. And then you have to hire people that can do these things better or, or at least get them off your plate. So that's yeah. kind of where we started with our hiring of people, people that could do the paperwork, people that right. could do the books, people that could, you know, handle the paychecks and things like that. And I would stick with the selling and the relationships and the client right you know, partnerships and things like that. The things that really generated the checks that were going into the bank, right? That's absolutely. Where, that's where the business owner is. Absolutely. But I do want to be known that she liked accounting. So. I did. I really did. <laughs> we have to say that. QuickBooks we have to say is that. an amazing thing it still is. to this day. Um, so that was definitely one. And then um, as we started growing too, because it is a business of where you have to pay people before you get paid, right? Um, based on the size of the company, because the larger the company is, the longer you have to wait for the check. Mm-hmm. Um, we had to figure out how we were going to start financing this because um, once we started getting into big companies, corporations, um, it was, you know, like thousands and thousands of dollars. So we had, and we couldn't, again, we went to the banks and I can tell you that, you know, unless you can really prove that you're, you're credible and you think mm-hmm. about that with anything, if you're a relative comes to you and asks for money and you're like, Oh, I don't uh, know if I, I like this idea. <laughs> <laughs> They're not going to loan you the money. Um, so we found a factoring company that would help us. And that yes. is um, a great way to kind of help you through some of the more challenging times, just because you can, um, they will buy out your invoice essentially sure. and they'll handle and you get the money right away, and essentially, when they get paid, then you get the rest of the money, and they keep yeah. a little smidge of it for their sure. their time. Um, so that worked out for about a year, I want to say, until we started being cash rich enough where we could handle it. At that point, once we got to about a million dollars, we then went back to the bank, and they then suddenly really we were right. friends. Yeah, and <laughs> you were their best client, right? <laughs> and then, with the help of the SBA, we were able to get yeah. um, a line of credit, and that's always been kind of the a slush fund, if you will, if we are waiting for some money to come in, we'll just take out the line of credit and then pay it back once we get the check comes in. Well, I mean, so you go from the idea to it, you have a passion, you have it, you see a need because you're living in the need, right? And then you get it started and it sounds like things really went off fairly quickly for mm-hmm. you. But then you realize I got to have bigger clients. I mean, you can have, you know, a hundred ten dollar clients or you can <laughs> right. have 10 100 dollar clients. Yes. You know, it all that's the better way to go. But what, you know, and and I'm sure you were seeing this growth, but what probably at this point were some game changers that just maybe took you off the charts, you know, or, you, or went, wow, this was, you can look back and go, that was a game changer. The game changers come when um, you have a client that everybody's heard of. Like for okay. us, um, we were from the limited yeah, and we knew a lot of people there. So we found a champion in there to get us in and they, we had them within our first year of business. And That's I know, big. I know people, you know, really like, Oh, if I can only work with the, the limited, yeah. the thing, the difference that made it work too, was that not only do we have a champion, but we knew exactly what they wanted. We came from their marketing department. We knew exactly what they needed. We knew the right person to go in there. So it was somewhat of an easy sell. Um, It wasn't like we're coming in and now trying to sell them, you know, office supplies or something because we would have absolutely no no experience with that. And um, we had to work, you know, a couple partnerships and they they let us dip our toe in at first. But for us, if we had five people placed there, it was like Christmas. Yeah. Um, And it had grown exponentially since then because we were able to prove it and keep delivering and, um, 
you can't fail once you're at that level too. Um, a lot of it, I think also came from just a belief in what we did too. Mm -hmm. You talked about how sometimes, um, women will get scared in business and things like that. I can honestly say I, I never have been, I just figured it was worth a try. Yeah. And then it was also a little bit of almost like a math problem too. Uh, okay, that didn't work this time. So what else can we try to get in there? Now, how sure. can we try? You know, you're just poking at all these different angles. Who do we know? Who can we find? What networking event will they be at? Yeah. Um, who's a friend of a friend that could get me in there? Um, because it was it wasn't it was never a no. It was a no, not yet, or mm-hmm. no, not now. Right. Um, and it, I, I just felt like, well, why wouldn't they want to work with us? You know. Yeah. It, so it was for me. There was just no question. We were just going to get in there, and we were just going to do it. And um, I just hope that Kristen was able to handle everything I threw back at her, and she did. (laughs) Yeah, but I like the fact one of the barriers we talked about was owning, kind of owning your success, owning your idea, believing in that. And and it sounds like you had no issue with that. And and a lot of people might think, oh, I'm not like that. But everybody kind of is. And I think you have to kind of get over your own personal hump with that, too. And I had that as well. Um, My life could be its own podcast, sure. you know, as far as some of the struggles <laughs> that I've gone through and, you know, a past marriage and, you know, sure. things like that. And, um, some of the things that changed in my life that really kind of helped is that I had that great support team and it mm-hmm. started initially with, uh, at that time, my boyfriend who then became my husband. Okay. And I had said, you know, I have this crazy idea. I'm going to start a business. And the first words out of his mouth were, Oh, I think he'd be great at that. Awesome. Uh, And, um, people who were surrounding me said, yeah, I think, I think you could, you could do that. And then when I started, you know, kind of getting more and more into it, you do start connecting with, you know, like people at Navo and other people who run a business. And, um, you find out that a lot of your worries are the same worries that they had, especially at startup or, um, they run into certain crisis, which, you know, scares you because you're not, not sure how you can handle it. Right. Um, but then you have people beside you that you can talk to and say, what do you do in this situation? And they're like, you know what? Nothing It's going to be fine. Right. Um, we lost a client and I was able to reach out to one of my Nabo sisters and she's like, Oh yeah, that happened to us too. Mm. And I'm like, well, what did you do? You know, at, and as, I, as I'm still sweating and yeah. she said, you get more clients. Yeah. <laughs> it was just yeah. that simple. Oh, okay. Oh, Thank you. Oh, okay. <laughs> and, but the fact that it happened to her and she's yeah. super successful, it, it took all the sting out of it. Yeah. Um, so then, then I just knew, you know, all right, then I just have to get more clients. And it kind of yeah. made the ship a little more right at that point. Well, there's all kinds of uh, people listening today who are, you know, business owners. And you, you've been through all kinds of things. But what is the best advice you give to a business owner who is struggling or they're just stuck? Like, man, we, you know, Chris and I came together mm-hmm. for six months. And then we, all of a sudden, we, you know, we were the bank's best friend. And then, you know, <laughs> hey, we got some big names in. But then you kind of came to this oh, plateau. Yeah. You got yeah. stuck. What would be the advice you would say about that? Um, just start thinking about things differently. You know, yeah. you're not, things, you have to change something to get change. Yeah. Um, if you keep everything status quo, it's, it will stay status quo. And it's uh, status quo is a very safe place to be because it works. Yeah. And we could, you know, stay at a certain level and be perfectly fine with it. You know, you had mentioned that, uh, you know, some of the revenue that women have reached and that's, you know, the average. Yeah. And it, when I have a bad day, sometimes I think, you know, I have a multi-million dollar business and that's yeah. kind of unheard of uh, for a women-owned business. There's a right. lot that just don't reach that. And so at that point, I'm just like, well, I just got to figure this out then because yeah. clearly it's working. Something just has gone off track a little bit right. and we have to just try different marketing. We have to try different 
um, networking events. We have to try, you know, different people. Right. We have to try different cities. Um, so it's it's always problem solving and trying to keep ahead of, of whatever the latest trend is. I was just talking to someone today, and we were trying to solve a problem, and I said, maybe we're just asking the wrong question. Right, right. You know? And let's think about what other questions are out there that surround this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I know when I merged my business from a small company to Bradyware in 2012, it was very nerve-wracking. Mm-hmm. But I was in that plateau. I was in that stuck. Mm-hmm. This was it. I knew what my next 10 years was going to look like, Right. Um, Brady, where I've never known what my next 10 years is going to look like, but I did have to ask, you know, ask, step back. What, what, what am I going to do differently? Cause I don't want to stay here because mm-hmm. I believe, yes. you know, my coach will tell you, you're either going forward or you're going backward. Yep. You, you're not going to stay right. Yeah. There. And, and actually uh, what you did was definitely a viable option. I mean, sure. merging with other companies or, I mean, that's just a different way of rethinking, you know, if I have this backing me, I know I can take this farther. Um, So yeah, it could be advisors, it could be partners, it could be anything, but yeah, it's really just sitting around and and kind of figuring out what it is because you might be in an area too, where you are just tapped out of people, which we have thought of too. Have we talked to everybody? Is this as big as we get? Are we going to be happy with this? Are we going to push it further? Um, That changes day to day. Sometimes it's it's good to stay in the easy part. Yes. Um, But every once in a while, like, let's just see what happens if, and that's just how we, how we grow. Well, share with the audience um, just the memories or events, you know, something that really impacted your success today. You know, something that you can go, you always, when you're having a bad day or mm-hmm. you're plateauing, you can go back to that moment. You know um, I mean? Probably the first time we were on the Fast 50 list. Mm. Um, I never thought of at all about having an award winning company. Yeah. And at that point, it's like, you know what? It's not me that thinks it's great. <laughs> me yeah. and Kristen. Um, other people are thinking we're doing a great job, too. And that yes. um, is reflected in, you know, a few other awards that we have received, too, um, where it's like, you know what? People are seeing that, you know, we're making a difference. That, and so with that also helps you kind of raise your game, too, because once you get that first award, you're like, okay, well, can we stay on that list for next year? Yeah. Can we keep the growth going? Um, what else should we be, you know, trying to get or obtain or things like that. And then that's right. how, so how we kind of um, got more into community involvement too. Um, we started getting super grateful with uh, how the community was welcoming us. And we're like, we have to give back. Yeah. And with that um, becomes a lot of reward too, just by your growth potential, you know, being on boards, I think you won't believe how much you grow when you're on a board. Yes. Um, volunteer work, you know, things like that. Um, writing blogs, you know, just to, you know, show your expertise in a, in a blog or a podcast right. or things like that. It's all that little stuff that kind of helps you own your space. Yeah. And then people think of you first when, when things come up. They do. Well, um, I'm sure there's a next level and this isn't a question <laughs> on the list, but I'll ask it anyways. Do you see a next level, something you were like, man, if I could just do that. Oh gosh, there's like so much I want to do, especially, um, because I have, been gifted, I will say, access to a lot of different opportunities. Right. I would still, on a personal level, would like to break through the um, the corporate board ceiling. Um, mm-hmm. That's one thing that's on my list of to dos. Um, but as far as the company itself, I think I would like to just have it to have a conti- continued steady growth. I'd like to see it, you know, reach ten million. That's been a goal for ours for a while. Sure. And, you know, we talk about, you know, topping off again, it's like, you know, I'd like to reach 10 million, but in in the long run, that's just a number, you know, um, we have a great team, you know, I'm in good health, you know, I have 
you know, I, there's nothing, you know, that I really need, need, um, my family's great. So, um, sometimes I'm like, you know, don't rock the boat. Be happy with what you got. (laughs) Um, but then every, every once in a while, like I said, you're like, you know, but 10 million would be kind of good bragging rights. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. It'd be Um, awesome. But there so, are those things that, I mean, it, we just learned with Elise Mitchell about the destination versus the journey. Yeah. But you oh, still the journey is so great. Right. You have to have that destination mm-hmm. thing out there, though. And that was uh, probably be the one thing that I would add, too, um, to anybody who starts a business is really kind of enjoy the journey. And um, every part of it, like the the pitfalls and the, the peaks, I mean, all mm-hmm. of it is you learn so freaking much <laughs> in all of that. Yes. And then you can go out and you can help others. You can mentor others. You can right. be that person who just says, oh, you just get more clients, right. you know, and, <laughs> and they go, oh, well, if she oh, said that, okay. I'm sure it's true. <laughs> what happened to her? Like, yeah. Clearly I could do it too, which is, is definitely reassuring. Yeah. And uh, the one thing too, that I would also kind of mention about, you know, women business owners too, is I run into a lot because I have had the opportunity to mentor a couple well, they kind of feel like they're a little unworthy of, of, or, or, or scared of, right. of kind of getting super successful. And the reasons are really kind of interesting and in many cases true. Um, they don't want to fail. I mean, I think that women do treat failure a little differently than, than do. men do and kind of getting over that. But then also, um, I, I think they're afraid of losing friends and family. Sure. Um, that was one thing that I had heard a couple of times where, um, if I start, if I own a million dollar business, how's my family and friends going to treat me? Am I going to always have to pick up the check? Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> are they going to always come to me for money? Mm-hmm. Are they going to call me, you know, well, Miss Moneybags yeah. over there, <laughs> you know, and I've, I've, I have experienced some of that and yeah. you have to be prepared that, um, some people are not going to like this new version of you. Yeah. And anybody that's kind of holding you back, you might have to think about just kind of not seeing so much and it's hard when it's family yeah. or your, your best, best friends, but there's a lot of women out there that'd be more than happy to, you know, enjoy a glass of wine with you too. So you right. really have to find your, your cheerleaders and hang around them. One thing my husband and I talk about a lot is just, um, cause I kind of run in with my family as well. A little bit of, well, she owns that company. Mm-hmm. Well, you don't know how much mm-hmm. I own. You don't know mm-hmm. anything about me. Okay. But, but it's important that, as women, we share in your success and be glad for it. Yes. You know, yes. and we say, yes, this is mm-hmm. all good. Or help you right. help that person get to have the success that you've had. That's Absolutely. Okay to do. Absolutely. Well, I so appreciate you coming today. Well, thank you again um, for having you've me. You've been really insightful. I know that um, statistically, we have about 90,000 downloads of my uh, podcast. <laughs> oh, so nice. this will go out and um, <laughs> we will be out there telling, telling your story. But, you know, going to the next level, whether it's your professional career because you're not maybe a business owner or you're a parent or um, you know you're in certain phases of your life get with people that you see that the level you would like to be mm-hmm. with and get there and so that's why we had Catherine come today so going to that next level wherever you are in the mix don't let those barriers get you I'm Betty Collins and I appreciate your time today as your career advancements continue your financial opportunities will continue to grow be prepared Visit bradyware.com slash resources to download a copy of the financial checklist for every stage of your life, everything about the Inspiring Woman's podcast, this episode, and Bradyware and Company Accounting Services can be found in the podcast show notes.